Welcome to Lord and Richards Radio, a program that will enable you to become more financially independent and prosperous from a biblical point of view. Tune in each week to learn how to prosper through good markets and bad. Now, here's our host, Colin Richards, Denver's biblical investment advisor. Hi, friends. I'm glad to be with you today on Lord and Richards Radio. I'm Colin Richards founder and president of Lord & Richards. We're a team of advisors who are dedicated to helping people just like you retire financially independent. And we're doing that every single day. On this show, we're discussing investing and planning from the perspective of key biblical principles, a little bit different way of looking at money. We also talk about how to use methods and strategies that will enable you to prosper through both up and down markets. And that's so important in today's volatile world. I'd love to chat with you. My team and I would love to help you talk to you about your specific questions regarding retirement and saving and investing from a biblical point of view. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence from a biblical viewpoint. Or check us out online at lordandrichards.com. Well, in this segment of our show each week, we like to talk about a biblical principle that really overarches financial planning. As you know, most people we're talking to, just like you here at Lord & Richards, are worried about what's going on in the world, whether it's political or whether it has to do with the economy or the markets. And they're worried that events out of their control are going to harm their retirement. That's the bottom line. So what we do at Lord & Richards is we build a plan for you to achieve financial independence. And we're doing that, though, from a biblical perspective point of view. And so in this segment, we want to talk about what the Bible has to say about achieving financial independence, really what the Bible has to say about money. So Proverbs 3:27 through 29 contains today's principle, and I would title this principle, Don't Hold Back. Don't Hold Back. Here's what it says. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow. I'll give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. So some powerful principles packed into these three short verses from the book of Proverbs. Wisdom from Solomon, the wisest man who walked the earth, given that wisdom by God directly as a gift in answer to prayer. And remember, when you and I lack wisdom, we can ask of God and he gives it freely according to the book of James chapter 1. So what is our first key principle that we can extract from this pivotal portion of Scripture here in Proverbs? Well, number one, I would say make sure to keep your obligations. You need to pay what you owe. You need to follow through on your commitments. So often we see this out in society where people become known for breaking uh, their obligations. I've seen this so many times. I've worked with people who unfortunately make commitments and then break those commitments without even bothering to renegotiate them. And then I would say this, don't renegotiate them. You know, stick with what you have committed yourself to. Don't come back and say, well, I'm not going to be able to fulfill my obligation. Another thing that we notice happens a lot of times is people will withhold payment or they'll withhold services, whatever it is, uh, until the very last minute you know, ostensibly to maximize the use of their money or the use of their time. 
and create an interim and, and do the work at the very last minute or pay the balance at the very last minute. And I know technically that may be within your rights according to an agreement, but how about developing a reputation for not doing that? How about developing a reputation for following through as soon as possible, not kicking things down the road? So don't make the people who provide services to you wait, right? Pay them immediately. Well, I can wait 30 days or whatever it is. Well, you could, but should you, right? Don't withhold good from those to whom it is due. It doesn't just mean your obligations, but it even means your ability to go above and beyond your obligations. In the Bible, meeting your obligations is called being righteous. It means you follow through. But here, I believe we're talking about going above and beyond that when it's in your power to do it, right? It may not be in your power. You might not be paid for something else and have the capacity to make a payment early. But if it's in your power, do it. And then here's another little principle. I remember somebody talking about recently uh, on a podcast I think I was listening to, they keep a pig in their office. They keep a like a porcelain pig in their office. And you say, what on earth is that about? Well, what they actually do it for is as a reminder not to be a pig in business dealings. How about leaving some meat on the bones when you negotiate or when you work with people so that they're really going to want to work with you again? Not always having to negotiate the tightest deal, always having to negotiate the cheapest price. You say, but I feel like that's my obligation as a steward. Well, it is true. What God's put into your hands, you need to be faithful with, but you also need to be faithful with God's reputation. And I don't think you would think of God, the God of heaven, the God of the universe, as tight-fisted or cheap, right? So we don't want to grab one of those common sayings about certain groups of people and say, well, you know, I'm just Scotch or I'm just Irish or whatever it is, and that's just how I negotiate. It's been passed down from generation to generation. Well, you don't have to do that, right? As a believer, don't be a pig. Leave some meat on the bones and people are going to want to work with you again. Here's another one. Think good of people, not evil, right? Always going into business or into some type of deal or service where you're constantly positioning the other person as being evil, basically, as a person who is opposed to you and your goals, really doesn't get you very far in life, right? When, when other people are forced to trust you, why not give them the benefit of the doubt and trust them? and wait until they prove otherwise. And then trust the God of heaven who says, vengeance is mine, I'm going to repay. Don't you do that. Don't you, con- don't you return evil for evil. Let me take care of that. As a matter of fact, our Lord Jesus Christ said, don't do that. Render a blessing when you're treated poorly, right? If somebody takes your coat, you know, give them your inside tunic too. If they compel you to walk a mile, why not walk two? This is just the idea of being generous, So here's a little uh, thought for you. I know of a well-known businessman who was negotiating some pretty big deals. And in this case, it was related to aircraft. And he flew down and um, the other individual met him in a little private aircraft facility. They're called fixed base operators. And he noticed that when this man came in, everybody stood up. Everybody responded. He took note of that, and then he began to talk to him about the price for whatever it was, the deal that they were going to enter into. And in the course of that, the other gentleman, this man who seemed to um, be so highly regarded, said, I'm not going to pay it. I'm not going to pay that. 
He said, I'm actually going to give you more than that because I think this deal is worth more than that to you. (laughs) How often do you see that in life, much less in business, overpaying when it's in your power to do so? I think that's part of this principle, not to withhold good when you can do it. And I think especially when we're working with people that have less, why not Why not negotiate a deal that's good for them? You say, well, it's got to be a win-win, right? Well, are you already winning? Has God already blessed you? Why not think about being generous in your spirit? So look for ways to give generously through your business dealings, through your life dealings, in your interaction with other people, and show that you truly do serve the King of Kings who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the wealth in every mine. And it says, don't plan evil against your neighbor. Don't think evil of them. They dwell dwell trustingly beside you. Treat them well. And I promise you, God is going to help you. Now, as that relates to your own personal financial goals and success, I hope you put a principle of generosity not holding back in your life. And I think if you give, you're going to see God more than take care of your needs. But there is wisdom that's needed. You know, the Bible also says that in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. And that's what we do at Lord & Richards. We provide biblical and financial counsel to help you get to and through retirement financially independent. We want you to be financially independent so that you can do amazing things for God with the bountiful resources he's placed at your disposal. And it usually just starts with a simple conversation on the other end of the phone or in the course of uh, finding us on our website. Maybe you want to write us a little note there. There's a, a way you can do that in the contact field. But however it begins, I really encourage you to reach out to us and let's have a conversation today. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence from a biblical viewpoint. Or check us out online at lordandrichards.com. Hi, this is Colin Richards, president and founder of Lord & Richards. And I'm thrilled to be talking with you today on this segment of the Lord & Richards show, this episode And we're going to talk today about what can money really buy, what money can really buy. And in this particular segment, we're leaning on some of the advice and counsel we've gotten from Morgan Housel, who wrote a fantastic book. I recommend it in practically every episode. It's called The Psychology of Money. And it'll teach you a lot about how to treat money so that money can help you. And you know, here at Lord & Richards, we're meeting with folks like you every single day to help you achieve financial independence, to help you retire without worry and without fear. And we do that from a principled, biblical base. But in this segment, we're really going to dial in um, what money can actually buy that everybody wants and how to use it wisely. And right now, in volatile times like we're experiencing, I see a lot of foolishness in how people are handling their money. They're violating age-old principles that have been proven, time-tested, and doing things that don't make a lot of sense. So let's start with what it is that drives people to want to make money, because we know people generally want to become wealthy so that they can be happier. That's what it's about, personal satisfaction. That's why people are striving for greater wealth. Here's an old saying that, you know, money can't buy happiness, right? We've been taught that. And I believe at at the core, that is absolutely right, right? True happiness comes from other things, and we'll return to that at the end of this episode, this segment. But can it buy happiness? Let's ask this question. So the U.S., the United States of America, is the richest nation 
in the history of the world. Inflation adjusted, our income is three times what our parents made in the 1950s. Our houses are three times the size of our parents' houses, and yet 45% of Americans, when surveyed by Gallup in 2019, said they felt a lot of worry the previous day. A lot of worry. They're carrying around a load, a burden of worry. 55% said they felt a lot of stress, right? That just internal feeling that, you know, either you got to get something done that's not getting done, or maybe there's something going on that you wish weren't happening. It's creating stress. And we know that these things are the opposite. Worry and stress are the opposite of happiness. And part of what's happened since the 1950s, when people were relatively happier by comparison to 2022, is that we now carry our jobs and responsibilities with us everywhere. We have these devices we carry around that are like mini supercomputers compared to the 1950s and 60s. We could literally... Uh, we've got more technology in these cell phones than what they use to launch um, the lunar mission. Right? So we're carrying around a lot of information, a lot of ability to work, and we're not leaving the factory floor behind us and just focusing in on our family and our relationships. We're not leaving the construction side of the job. It's coming with us for a lot of people. And so control over your time has diminished, not improved, over the last many decades. And what have we done as we've increased the wealth that comes from that kind of hard work, that kind of focus that we now carry around all day long with us? Well, we've used that wealth to buy bigger homes, as I said, nicer cars, super appliances, and a lot of toys, right? Well, there was a researcher who took a good look at this a number of years ago named Carl Pillemer. And what's fascinating is he interviewed a thousand elderly Americans. And here's what he discovered. First of all, what didn't they say would make you happy? No one said that in order to be happy, you should try to work as hard as you can to make more money to buy stuff. Nobody said that, right? Nobody's pushing you to do that who's, who has lived a full life and is looking back now and defining what it was that made them most happy in that life. No one said it's important to be at least as wealthy as the people next door and around you, and in your social circle. And nobody defined that as being successful. Fascinating. In addition, number three, no one said you should work hard to achieve your desired earning power, to just be able to say, hey, I earned this much. Did you notice a common thread? Nobody's suggesting that you kill yourself to earn more money just to buy more things. Here's what they did suggest would make you happy. Quality friendships being part of something that matters, something bigger, and spending time, quality time, unrestricted time with your family, with your children. Those were the top three. Fascinating study. And it really echoes what we know. What we know deep down inside is it's not the temporal that's going to give us lasting happiness, joy, and peace. It is that which is eternal people and doing God's will, right? Those are the things that are going to last. The highest form of wealth, then, I would suggest, is the ability to wake up every morning and, as Morgan Housel says, say, I can do whatever I want today. I can do whatever I want. There's another researcher, a psychologist named Angus Campbell, who was born way back over a century ago, and uh, he worked at the University of Michigan. 
He wrote a book that you can find. It was written in 1981 titled The Sense of Well-Being in America, and he explored why some people seem to be happier than others. They weren't grouped by their income. They weren't grouped by geography or education. Those did not seem to be the criteria for happiness. It wasn't based on salary, job, prestige, size of their home. The most common denominator among the happiest group of people was a strong sense of being able to control one's own life. Now, this is interesting. Doing what you want, when you want, with the people that you want to do it with. That's what it is. Doing what you want, when you want, with the people you want to do it with. So here we can distill it. Money's greatest value is its ability to give you control over your time, right? Going back to that other study of a thousand elderly folks, they valued friendships that take time. They valued being part of something bigger than themselves, causes, and spending time with their children. It was all time. And what money can do is create financial independence so that you're no longer chained because of the money that you have. Instead, you're set free. It comes from having unspent assets that are available to give you the greater control, such as being able to give more, such as being able to take more time off. Let's look at it from a work standpoint, right? If you work a job and you get a little bit of money, you can take a few more days off, right? Unpaid vacation. How about a little bit more than that? Well, if you get laid off, you can wait until a great job comes up. You don't have to feel so so restricted to jump into the first thing that comes down. You get the six months of reserves that we recommend at Lord & Richards. Well, now you're not terrified of your boss anymore. If he lets you go, you know you've got the time. And more still, you may be able to take even a job that doesn't pay at the absolute top tier of the earnings potential in your industry, but it gives you uh, a sense of well-being and satisfaction and relationships and the kind of uh, job where you can really look forward to it at the beginning of the day rather than doing the grind, as we say. And of course, here at Lord & Richards, one of the things we're looking for out of financial independence is to be able to get retired when you want and stay retired. Morgan Housel shares his own experience of jumping into the investment banking world, a tough world. He told me they work longer and more controlled hours than humans should be able to handle. But here's what he says. In that industry, going home before midnight was a luxury. They have a famous saying, if you don't come to work on Saturday, don't bother coming back on Sunday. (laughs) Wow. Sounds like the worst job in the world. But yet he loved it. He enjoyed it. He enjoyed the thrill, but his schedule was out of control. And doing something you love on an out-of-control schedule can become something you hate. And so money, yes, it can help you along the road to happiness by freeing you up to spend the time and to control the time that you need to be with the people that you love, doing the things that you love for all the reasons that you love. And so as we meet week after week with folks here at Lord & Richards, that's our focus. A financial independence review is a process whereby we learn your goals, your dreams, your values, and then we check your portfolio, we check your investments to see, are you on track? so that you can have control over your time, not be chained by money, but by be freed by it to do the things that you love with the people that you love for the reasons that you love. And it really just starts with a simple conversation. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. 
I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence from a biblical viewpoint. Or check us out online at lordandrichards.com. Hi, this is Colin Richards, president and founder of Lord and Richards. And in this episode, we're really coming on the heels of two episodes about what money can buy and how to be really a person who doesn't hold back in what you do with money, especially for others, right? And so the bottom line of that at Lord & Richards is talking about financial independence, being free to do the things that you love with the people that you love for all the reasons that are important to you. And as we're talking to people every single day, the question comes up then, well, Colin, how do we do that? right? How do we achieve financial independence? How do we buy control over our time, so to speak? And so that's what we're going to talk about in this final little segment of our Lord and Richard show, how to buy financial independence. And I want you to start with another visualization. So this time I want you to imagine in your mind three columns. And the first column says emergency. Okay. In that column, we want to put money that's designed to cover our expenses for several months, three to six months. Put it in cash. Put it in the bank. It's safe. It's easy to get to. And guess what? It's got a compromise. It's not going to grow very much, right? The second column is where we introduce growth, and we'll call that a growing reserve, a growing reserve. We use the color blue for the second column, the growing reserve, so we call it your blue money. We use the color green for your emergency money, your checking and savings. So in that growing reserve or blue money, now we're going to emphasize something different. We're going to emphasize growth. We're still going to have ease of access, lots of liquidity, but now we've got some risk. And at Lord & Richards, we don't shy away from that. The truth is you need to manage that risk. We use a process called institutional risk management. We use the same managers who in many cases are managing some of the largest wealth pools on earth to help control risk and keep it between the lines. And then the third column is one we most often see neglected. It's called the protected column. We color that one red and we call it red money. So your protected money, your red money. And in that column, we add back in the protection, like in our first column, the emergency money, but now we're going to put growth together. And that's an important one because most of us have never tried to put safety and growth together on the same dollar at the same time, right? We are usually taught that those two can't go together. But by having a third column, the protected column, where money is safe and growing, you're going to have to take a little bit of a compromise on your liquidity. Usually you can get money out year after year, depending on the tool that we use. And there's several tools that you can use in that column as well as in the other two. But the point is, in order to achieve financial independence and to feel financially independent, having that control over time because money is no longer a chain, it frees you up. Well, that means you're going to have to use all three of these. And the bottom line is your green money, the emergency money, is there for quick needs, right? Cover your unexpected expenses or maybe some of your planned things like the next car purchase or a vacation. And then that next column, the growing reserve of the blue money, that's where you know you have that sense of financial independence. That's not the money you're living on because you're going to live on the money that comes out of your red money or your protected money. Ah, see, that makes a lot of sense. If you're living off of money that is protected, you don't have to worry through market fluctuations and downturns. You can relax. We call it creating a kind of an economic bubble around you so that you can continue to enjoy your lifestyle if you're retired 
and experience that without worry, leaving the blue money free to grow and accumulate and further enhance your lifestyle, your ability to give, give you control over time, take more vacations if that's what you want to do, spend more time with family, spend more time with friends, being more generous to those in need or those that you just can because it's in your power to do it. And of course, enjoying the luxuries that God has brought into your life. We here in America enjoy some of the most wonderful things that the rest of the world seldom gets to experience. Well, if you do it, do it for God's glory. Do it with your time. Do it with your money. Enjoy those things and give glory to God. So that's kind of a recipe to buy financial independence. Putting money in your green column, your emergency or your cash reserves, putting money in your blue column, that's your financial independence money. It allows you to explore and to soar financially and economically, and then covering your lifestyle in the red column or your protected money. These are some of the key principles we use at Lord & Richards, and we're talking to folks just like you every single day about how you can achieve financial independence and stay there. Get retired and stay retired. Well, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'd love to visit with you more about what that involves. It usually involves a conversation on the phone to learn about your goals and values and then to meet if you want to pursue further and pursue what we call a process named the Financial Independence Review to determine, are you ready? Are you prepared? Are there some steps you might want to take before that wonderful time comes when you're retired or in order to keep on being retired? It just starts with a simple phone call. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence from a biblical viewpoint. Or check us out online at lordandrichards.com. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC.